Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful unto you. We thank you because your word is anointed. Thank you for a new year. Thank you for salvation. And thank you that we will be blessed before we live here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Isaiah 63 verse 1 to 4. Who is this that cometh from Edom? With dyed garments from Bozrah, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Verse 2 Wherefore art thou read in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treaded in the wine fat? I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I would tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my remnant. Verse 4 says, For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. I'm preaching on the series Mighty to Save. The scripture we read is God talking, verse 1 to 4. He goes on to talk. He says a lot of things, but one thing is very clear in verse 1. He says that who is that, who is this that cometh from Edom? And then he's talking, talking, talking. Then he said, I that speak in righteousness, I am mighty to save. Praise the Lord. So here we know that God is talking about his ability, his, his power to save, that he has in him what it takes to save. God is very, very mighty to save. And he goes on to talk about the fact that he's done many things without the help of man and blah, 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 and all of that. And then he has the power also to redeem. So one of the things that we need to know is that God is mighty to save. Praise the Lord. So say God is mighty to save. It is important to know that God is mighty to save because the Bible says that as the days go by and we near the end, the love of many will fail, the faith of many will fail, and if the days are not shortened, even the very elect might not make it. And the reason why people may not make it is because their hearts will be sick. A lot more people will be disappointed. Recently, I was talking to a sister that I had not seen for a very long time, and I called her. And she said to me that she was tired of this church thing. Because one thing she was praying about, she has prayed, sir. 
She has not seen anything. <laughs> and it can really become troubling for people. Praise the Lord. Are you here at all? Recently, a sister lost her son, the only child, to a rain um, passing through a gutter. The boy was crossing the gutter, and the, the water from the rain carried the boy and killed the boy. And so she was very devastated. So during my counseling session for the sister, I had several sessions with her. And in one of the sessions, I came to this auditorium with her, and I asked her that, what is really, really, really eating you up? She said that one thing that pains her pa is that she has trusted God, pa, and God did not save the child. And I said that, yeah, God didn't try. So me and her were just walking and praying through this auditorium that, God, you didn't try. And I mean, so me can be gum tianyami. Ya brew. Ya di era show musa, ya sen ya wa ye ye. En kausma bofu bi manebe fanu frinsio no ma. En ki yunsa uo to me so to me ye bibia. I didn't tina wan yet. Why did you not do it? And all of that, and we talked, and we prayed, and I said that, well, but we know that that we are alive is even a sign that God has saved us. He said, that is true. So I said, are you going to the cemetery again? She used to go there every day. He said, I'm not going again. He said, I'm fine now. I think God is still my father, and he still loves me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The way your hand clap is, you know, it's not nice at all. <laughs> Things can jam up in your life that will confuse your theology. Can jam up in your life. It will, your faith. You know, Jesus talked about the fact that, Peter, I have prayed for you that when you are recovered, encourage your brethren because Satan really wanted to take away your faith. Your faith can be affected. Your faith can be affected by the circumstances you find yourself in. And that is why from time to time, we have to remind ourselves that Regardless of what we go through, we should know that God is still mighty to save. Praise the Lord. It's mighty to save, I'm telling you. So, it's important that we go through this. And salvation, God is the source of salvation. God is the source of salvation. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Verse 46, verse. It's talking about the early church. He said, and they... Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Praise the Lord. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So it means that every day God had a quota of the people who ought to be saved. People who needed to be saved. Look at the kind of people God added to the church. Such as should be saved. That means that assuming they went for an evangelism, it was not necessarily their evangelism that brought the people salvation. It would have been God himself that would have designated brother A, brother B, brother C to be saved. And that possibly is the reason why those people was, were saved. And so you can preach to people, you can pray for people, but in the end, 
It is God who determines who should be saved and what should be saved. Which situation should be saved. So he added to the church such as should be saved. So salvation is not seated in man. Salvation is seated in God. God is the reason why we can talk about salvation. We can talk about the fact that people are saved and all of that. I'm going to give you a few meanings um, of um, being saved or salvation. Praise the Lord. Broadly, the word salvation means soteria, which is the sum total of everything God wants to do in our lives. So every package on the table of redemption is equals to salvation. So healing is salvation. That's why you see that he sent forth his word and he healed them. So the same people that he saved with his blood is the same people that he also healed. And so you can clearly see that um, salvation, glory, power, everything is on the table of redemption. And the sum total of it is known as soteria, which is salvation. But we can also break it down in many areas. And uh, one of the areas is the very progressive forward nature of salvation that saves people from daily issues. Like he daily added to the church such as should be saved. So like I said from the beginning, there's a salvation from dead works. And then when you come into Christ, you still need to be saved from day to day. Every day he's saving us. So it is this salvation that I'm talking about. The fact that God watches over us and he has the power, he is mighty enough that when you are sick, he wants to save you. When you are not happy, he wants to save you. When you are brokenhearted, he wants to save you. I hope nobody was jilted on the 31st of 2020, 31st December, because it's looking like I have a prophetic word in my spirit that somebody... But the Lord will save you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So salvation, what does it mean to be saved? I, I said on the 31st night that it's to, it's to be kept alive. Then also it's for the curse to be broken. Galatians chapter 3. And the blessings released. But here in this service, to be saved means to, to preserve life. What does it mean? It's to preserve life. Genesis 45 verse 7. Look at what the Bible said. Very beautiful scripture. It said, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth. And to save your lives by a great deliverance. And this is Joseph speaking. And he's telling the brothers that, look, you guys didn't like me. You sold me. You wanted me dead and all of that. But... Regardless of all of that, God was still doing his work. And the work he was doing was that he sent me ahead of you to preserve you, to preserve posterity. And so when the famine came and people were dying in other parts of the world, the family of Joseph moved to Egypt and they were preserved there. Praise the Lord. So salvation means to preserve life. And here they were preserved from famine. I don't know what you may need preservation for. But one of the things that is clear that God is telling us is that in 2022, our lives will be preserved. That amen can be louder than it is now. And when life was preserved in chapter 47, verse 25, here 
The first verse, we have seen Joseph speaking. Now the brothers whose lives have been preserved, they are now speaking in chapter 47, verse 25. And this is what they said. And they said, thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servant. So here, we see the brothers telling Joseph that you have saved us, Pharaoh has saved us, but put us in the labor of Pharaoh. Give us some work to do. Give us some livelihood. So God preserves our lives to give us a livelihood. It will be very incorrect, erroneous, for God to preserve you and leave you like that. Because God believes in sustenance. So the people that he preserves, he also sustains. That's why even in the model prayer, you see that there is daily bread that is given to the people that God wants to live on a daily basis. So that their lives will be sustained. So the very fact that God is preserving your life also means that he has a plan of provision for your life. And in this 2022, I believe strongly that God is not only preserving your life, but he's also going to secure your livelihood in Jesus' name. Many people can be bothered because they, they are not sure that God is interested in giving them a livelihood. But God is interested in doing it. He's interested in your job, protecting you in your workplace from juju power, from losing your job, from losing what gives you daily bread and all of that. He actually gives you favor, like the brothers were saying. If you are preserved, that's because we found favor in your sight. Then let us have a job. Put in a word for us. And so when God preserves your life, he gives you favor. And he also makes some powerful people put in a word for you. So in this year, you have to be expecting all these things. That God will make people who are in, in great positions put in a word for you because favor will come upon your life in Jesus' name. Again, to, to be saved means deliverance from danger. What does it mean? I say, we are preaching so I can preach in your workplace and they will clap for you. Deliverance from danger. Exodus chapter 14, verse 30. In Exodus 14, 30, the Bible said, this is the people of God in Egypt. And the Bible is talking about Exodus chapter 14, verse 30. It said, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. So here, Israel is leaving Egypt. Pharaoh is pursuing them. And God just drowns Pharaoh and his chariot in the Red Sea. And he preserves the Israelites just at the nick of time. Salvation from danger. Deliverance from danger. They would have been recaptured and sent back into bondage. And in the face of vicissitude, God delivered them. In 2022, one of the things that should form part of your faith is that if God has been merciful to preserve your life, one of the things he's going to do is that he's also going to deliver you from all danger. Your family shall be delivered from danger. Yeah, the rest is there. Demons of Pharaoh, they are pursuing God's people. And, and it's clear that God's people will always be pursued by powers. Powers. Now, here, Pharaoh is not really typically um, representing the enemy. It's representing an enemy that is pursuing you to recapture you. 
And Pharaoh has different faces. Sometimes he's a stubborn person. But this one, he says, go. Then go now. Then he's coming to catch you. So you see that some people get healed and they lose the healing. They are recaptured into sickness. But God says that when he saves you, he's going to ensure that you will be delivered from this danger of being recaptured into sickness, poverty, any form of captivity that you don't desire. And so there are powers from my mother's house, father's house in this Accra that capture people. But you shall not be recaptured because God has decided to deliver you from danger. May you be delivered from all danger in Jesus' name. Shout a better amen. Second Samuel chapter 19 verse 5. In Second Samuel 19 verse 5, the scripture said, And Joab came in into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters and the lives of their wives and of, of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines. May you not have a concubine. But what Joab is saying is that Cain, Absalom wanted to finish you. But these fighting men have gone to fight. Absalom is dead. You can't stay in the room and be crying because you have been delivered from danger. Absalom chased his father out of town. Yeah. And slept with a lot of the wives of the father. On top of the roof. I don't know that kind of Viagra the guy swallowed that day. Charlie, the guy, master. Hey. Charlie, the man here. No, may you have this for your wife alone. My friend, shout her, amen. Stop this thing. I know you. I know you. Don't make your face like you are some angel B. We have not seen the tie before. We are both crying out. You see your wife, you are running away. I'm praying for you to, for God to save you. You are not shouting, amen. He said, this day you have been saved. <laughs> you have been saved. Your sons have been saved. Daughters, that's the deliverance God is bringing us from danger is going to cover our family, loved ones, our business, our kingdom, everything that we stand for. Like when God says that, I will perfect all that concerns you. That is what it means. Praise the Lord. So 2022, no, no demon should scare you. No demon should scare you because God is going to ensure that you and I, we are delivered from danger. I mean, people will put juju on your seat in your workplace. You look fine. You look fine, crack, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Shout a bigger amen here. First Kings 20, 31. I'm giving you enough. You know, I'm not going to rush this thing. I'll take time, pa. First Kings 20, 31. And his servant said unto him, Behold now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Let us, I pray thee, put sackcloth on our loins and robes upon our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Peradventure, he will save thy life. So here, can we read the next verse, please? If there's another verse. Okay. So here we see a, 
a people beckoning on. So they gathered sackcloth on their loins and put ropes on their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Thy servant Ben-Hadad saith, <laughs> I pray thee, let me live. And he said, Is he yet alive? He is my brother. So here, a nation came and attacked God's people and God's, God defeated the nation. Then they said, ah, Let us come and surrender because we know that we shall be saved. And they came and they were saved from danger. 20 something thousand people died. But these other people didn't die because they were saved. The thing that kills people, when God decides to save you, he will deliver you from that danger. Praise the Lord. And that is our faith. That's the position of our faith because we know that the same army that went to war, some were killed and some were saved because it was in the will of God for these people to be saved. I want to read something from Psalm, Psalm 60 verse 5. Psalm 60 verse 5. Deliverance from danger. And I like the way Psalms put it. He said that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand and hear me. So God's beloved will always be delivered. Delivered from danger. You know, some people are there sometimes when they hear somebody has had cancer. They, they start inviting the cancer in their head. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, was, I was with a particular lady and then she had a call and then when she had a call and the call dropped, she started touching her breast. I said, hey, what is this? I mean, I thought she was trying to do some shock. He said, no, no, no. He said, a friend of mine just died of breast cancer. I want to be sure if I'm fine. I said, sister, you are fine. You are fine. Don't come and confuse anybody here. Sometimes you hear something happen to someone and you enter into panic. You feel like, Charlie, am I next? Especially if you belong to the universal group. <laughs> hey. So, but God wants us to know that we are delivered from danger. We are what? It's not just going to deliver us, we have already been delivered from danger. And 2022, we are here because he has a plan for us. He has a plan and we have already been delivered. Danger is not one of those things you should be thinking will swallow you. Because no danger will swallow you. At the 31st, I quoted a scripture to you. He says that he, he has delivered us from the enemy that would have swallowed us. So there's an enemy that is stronger than you. And that is why God says, I am with you to fight that enemy. To deliver you. From that strong enemy that will swallow you. I will even take you out of the mouth of the dog and the lion. Praise the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Say, I'm already delivered from danger. Say, car accident is not killing me. Plane is not crashing me. I will not die on foot. No evil will enter my house. Say, I am delivered from danger. My life is preserved in the name of Jesus Amen. Give the Lord a big clap of praise here. It's too powerful. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful already? So why does God want to, wants to deliver us? I put a small subhead in here. Essence of being saved. 
the essence of being saved. Why does he want to go to all this extent to deliver us? Number one, God wants to do that so that we will glorify him. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34 and 35. God wants to go to that extent to deliver us so that we glorify him. He said, 34 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In 35 he said, And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name, and glory in thy praise. Hallelujah. That we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Save us, the God of our salvation. He has gathered us. He will save us. And the reason is for us to glorify him. To bring glory to himself. So one of, things, one of the reasons why God will deliver us is to bring glory to himself. And for us also to glorify him. And it's in salvation. You see that nobody comes to give testimony here that um, I want to thank God that I died yesterday. No. It's what he does that now makes us see his glory. Look at what Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus. He now told them, he said, this guy is not dead. But that the glory of the Lord may be revealed. That is, we see the glory of the Lord revealed in deliverance, in salvation. When he's able to bring us from dead, death, he's able to deliver us from what wants to destroy us. He's able to bring us from things that men cannot do for us. He heals you. He gives you an opening and all of that. You see, so sometimes things will go down and God takes glory by salvaging it or rescuing you. And when he rescues you, you know that the glory must go in one direction. Praise the Lord. Are you here at all? Yeah. So that's the essence. So it's easy. God is not going to save you so that you'll be in the nightclub. Because that doesn't bring glory to God. He's not saving you so that you use your body to do what doesn't glorify him. He's saving you from whatever he's saving you from so that you will use your body to glorify him. You will use your life to glorify him. Charlie, this year some things must change. Yo. Oh, some things must change. I was praying yesterday. I was just saying, now God, just touch me. Yeah. Like, touch me. Touch me. May, may I have an encounter with you? Because there are some areas of my life I, I don't like. <laughs> and I, I can glorify God better than I'm doing. Praise the Lord. Oh, you, you have reached. Charlie, if you are rich, I'll just come for the formula. We don't even need to be in jail. Charlie, if you are rich, anyone is about her. Or they don't reach like that, eh? Yeah. So he's saving us so that we will glorify him. And we have to glorify him with our very existence, with, with what we do, with how we go about stuff. Psalm 106, verse 47. Very simple message this morning. Psalm 106, verse 47. Look at what the Bible said. Save us, O Lord our God, 
and gather us from among the hidden to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. So it is the salvation, the essence of God saving us is to give thanks to his holy name and triumph in praise. Every day when you wake up, you should know that the first thing for you waking up is number one, that you will glorify God with your existence. Let everything that has breath just glorify God. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, no human being contributes to our waking up. The Bible says, I lie down to sleep. I wake up again. Psalm 3. Because the Lord sustains me. It's only God. Yeah. yeah. It's only God. I mean, doctors don't know. It's a mystery. Sometimes somebody will be said to be dead and the person will come alive. The doctors will be confused. What happened? It's only God. Praise the Lord. There's a guy in America. He used to buy my cars for me. And uh, he was diagnosed that everything inside him was dead. I think some years ago he came to share a testimony. He, he saw me when I was in Cape Coast. Everything inside him was dead. So I called him and I said, Michael, how are you? He said, the housing, the housing is fresh. But the engine is died. It's, it's dead. It's dying and it's dead. He said, you look at me. I look fresh. But inside, everything is gone. They gave him only one month to live. After being on medication for many months, they just said, it's over. He exceeded his insurance premium. And so all his savings were erased. That's how he came to Ghana. He came to Ghana with a pack of drugs in his box. Then one lecturer who used to teach him in Akokeri Training College, is now a professor in UCC, brought him to me. And uh, he came to a miracle service I was doing. And God ministered to me that this one, they have chewed all his inside. So I laid hands on him. Bow! But when you see him, the man looks fresh. Charlie, you have And we prayed for him by the grace of God. He stopped taking his drugs. He stayed in Ghana for like eight months, nine months. Then when he went back to America, he went to see the doctor. When the doctor saw him, he was running away. <laughs> he said, he's a ghost. <laughs> he said, I'm not a ghost. He said, what happened? He said, my pastor in Africa prayed for me. That's why I'm alive. It's only God. It's only God. So he has been living, he was just sharing testimony from one church to another, one church to another, just glorifying God. That's the essence of our salvation, is to glorify God. It's not to misbehave. God doesn't give us salvation or deliver us from danger so that we will, we will do our own stuff. He does that so that we will glorify him. Are you here at all? Why does God deliver us? Number three. Oh, number two. This is my quantum power. Okay, me. <laughs> he delivers us so that we will keep the testimony. We will keep his testimonies alive. God delivers us so that we will keep his testimonies alive. Psalm 119 verse 146. Psalm 119 verse 146. 
Look at the scripture. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. So here, the testimony is part of the status, the commandments, the word, and, and some of the artifacts that, or if you like, call it tokens that they were given to, like the stones they took from the, the opening of the Jordan and all of that. But generally, God saves us so that we will become trumpeters of his good acts in our lives. To keep his testimony. Sometimes, we are very funny people. Very, very funny. You see, and God has a certain mindset for doing what he does for you. God is a showman. No? <laughs> he's, a, he's not just a showman, he's a showboy. Anytime he's doing something for you, he's thinking about an advert. <laughs> Nothing advertises God's glory, God's power than testimonies. So normally you see that it's not the most prayerful that get the biggest testimony. It's the loudest people. Because some people God can trust that they will make a lot of noise when he does something for them. So even though they don't pray and fast like you do, God is sure that like the woman in Samaria, if he just touches this one bad woman, the whole man in the city will hear about it. So, you see somebody fasting on a tree mountain. There's somebody too who was saved at the 31st night, but it's a loud mouth in the area. You see that God said, I feel you enemy pay speed. I want momentum. I want momentum. He will not go to the Atria Mountain personal. Because most Atria Mountain prayerful people, when God does something for them, they now keep it in their pocket. But this other one is very sensational. God does it. Oh, send your baby back. Kind of passionately. No, Sudan Yamiya say, Oh, I bet come but you know, sometimes prayerful people, when God does something for them, you seem to clap for yourself and give God a wave. Like Charlie, the way I really fasted for this. Eh? Fasted for what? Do you know fasting? But those of us who are loud, we say, Charlie, God did it again. God did it. I need a slot to testify. Some people, they find it very difficult. They say, they can't, Pastor, I got a test. They will tell the pastor, they will never share. Look. <laughs> La gagala galosa. The scripture said, he said, he said, we have gone through fire, we have gone through water, but he brought us out. He says that, so that I will stand in the congregation of the saint and share of your goodness. Share of your goodness. That's one attitude that you really, really need to, um, up your game on that. When God does something for you, he did it with the mind that the testimony will not be swallowed by your personality. I mean, no matter who you are, you say, oh, eh, I'm known. That's why I don't want to come. And my friend, shut up there. Shut up there. Before your very eye, your CEO died of COVID. 
before your very eye. And you had COVID and you, you survived. At the end, they say, I bet it's a malaria, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you not smiling? What's the problem? It's a sign. It's a sign that you don't want to share the testimony. But this year, God will give you a lot of testimonies to share. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout a louder, amen. amen. Too powerful. Is it powerful already? So the loudest people, Isaiah 38 verse 20. Loudest people. And God is very comfortable giving them testimony because they will share it. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the, to the stringed instrument all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, oh, instrument I have bought. We will share our testimony. Praise the Lord. About the goodness of the Lord. Okay. What keys? I shared at the all night that one has to be born again. Salvation is only in the name of Jesus. Is that not so? Salvation is only in the name of Jesus. Too powerful. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. 1 Peter 3, 20 to 21. Bible is very clear. It says that, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, or whilst they were preparing the ark, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by the water. And you read Act chapter 4, verse 12. I like it very much. Act 4, 12. Talks about this. Look at this. Very clear. Act 4, 12. Charlie, you have to drink tea to project scripture. So. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be what? saved. Then he talks about 227. He says that they that call on the name of the Lord 221 actually 221 Act 221. Look at it. Look at it. Act 221. Hey move this thing. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Tell somebody that salvation is only in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm taking my time to share this. You think I'm joking, I'm playing. I'm not playing. I'm full of energy here. I'm telling you that you can be in church and Christ is not in you. That we all congregate. It's not a sign that you are saved. Salvation is a personal witness of your encounter with Christ. And it is something that is unambiguous in your mind, in your heart. In you, there is no shadow of doubt in your being that I'm born again. That if today, 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 Jesus came, I'll be in heaven. If you don't have this assurance in your heart, and you have not deliberately, consciously raised your hands, and done what Romans chapter 10 verse, 10 verse 9 says. 
Charlie, your future is some way. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. So it is a, it's, it's something that should be unambiguous. I told you these days, people become bishop before they become born again. People become reverend before they become born again. So you, the church member, I will be a madman to think that, that you have worn a white dress here this morning. No? It's a sign that you are born again. No! Hey! Christ must be in you. Praise the Lord. And when Christ is in you, one of the things that makes, you see, when you receive Christ, you have been delivered from darkness into light. Now, when you come into the light, Charlie, you must have a bed to sleep on. You must have food to eat. You must, so, there are things that make continuous salvation attractive to God. There is a condition you can put yourself in when you are born again to continually attract the saving hand of God. For God to continue to deliver you from danger and continue to preserve you. And one of those lifestyle of faith is living a lifestyle of uprightness. What is it? I'm about to preach. Is oh. <laughs> living a lifestyle of uprightness. That, that's the second key I'm talking to you about now. Psalm 7 verse 10. Psalm 7 verse 10. He said, my defense is God. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God saveth, continues to save the man who is upright in heart. Boy, you can be born again and a full-time sinner at the same time. That's why Jesus said when we are praying, we should be praying that we'll be delivered from temptation. Every day there's temptation. What is temptation? Temptation. Some people say, oh, I was tempted. I didn't. Look, you cannot be tempted by something you don't want. When you see a mad woman naked, you won't sleep with her. Because she's not appealing to you. When you are bored, you are saying. <laughs> it has to be. If you don't like rice, if you are allergic to rice, rice cannot be appealing to you. You can only be tempted by something that is already appealing to you. That's why Paul said that I fight daily like I bring myself under subjection. Because there are things I like, but I, I must not do. So it's an internal battle. Charlie, one time I preached a message, sexual disaster, when the book came. Then KB said, one long time as girlfriend. Charlie, no, I'm not a young man. friend. See, hey! Yes, my wife. Who's friend? I'm sexual disaster. I'm going Charlie? for many years on 
or a set two to factory setting. Charlie, one share your own. Look at somebody say, This year, dear, walk uprightly. Charlie, I'm a witch and you know, witch and you know, witch and you know, bookie board and who bob is around, say, Conjing and Charlie. When I preached that sexual disaster message, one guy came to me. We were talking to me and the boys. He said he was cohabiting with his girlfriend. <coughs> he was sitting here, the girl was sitting here. He said, when they closed, the girl passed it. He said, what I have heard, I don't do again. <laughs> I'm not doing this thing again. No. When you hear the word of God, it must change you. It's a problem when you sit in the presence of God. God comes to talk to you every now and then. And you maintain a, a lifestyle that displeases God. It, that, that, that's the definition of dishonor. When you dishonor God. You see, Joseph said something to Mrs. Potiphar. He said, how can I do this and sin against my God? You get to a certain level of relationship with God and you realize that some things are non-negotiable because what you do has a direct ramification with your relationship with God. And you don't want to continue to be in such a thing. He severed them that are upright in heart. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. Uprightness. Charlie, one of the things that will really give you confidence to stand before God and say, God, save me, is when you know that your heart is upright before the Lord. Upright. Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 34, verse 18. Shall we read it together? I like it. One go. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as what? Be of a contrite spirit. We have to be broken. An upright man is one whose spirit is broken before God. He's a dedicated being before the Lord. He says, God saves such people. So when you come before God, you see that clear, 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 clear. Clear, 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 clear. That's you are working out your salvation with fear. Fear of God and trembling. When Proverbs want to talk some, some of, about this matter, when Proverbs want to say some, it will go direct. Proverbs 28 verse 18. <laughs> I like the wise man. This is what the wise man said. Let's read together. One go. A loud chorus. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. But he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. Say, hey. You walk uprightly, you shall be saved. That means that receiving deliverance from danger, preservation on a continuous basis is not by chance. And it's also not an automatic occurrence. You, you see that there's a conditionality there. He that, please put a scripture there. Whoso walketh, 
Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. It's not that you are the PA of the pastor. That's not the reason why you'll be saved. The fundamentals must be there. Are you here now? Yes. And I don't want to go into, you know, when you are preaching to Christians, when you are preaching to unbelievers about sin, you don't talk about specific things. You talk about the fact that you are a sinner, not because you did something. So you need to be saved. But when you are talking about believers about sin, that's why Paul said that fornication should not be mentioned amongst us. Because you have already been saved. So we now have to talk about specific things that you shouldn't do. If you want to maintain a good relationship with the Lord. And that is why some things, you see that you pray in tongues, saying, like, why? <laughs> Charlie, the Holy Ghost and the wine, which one can charge you better? And you can have argument around it to be and all of that. Charlie, relax. So. Relax. <laughs> Just relax. Then you pray in tongues and then what walk okay. And I wish I would masturbate in Tenderous orgasm. Frio? Oh, go movie. Put your hand on your head and say, God, have mercy upon my soul. Say 2022. I am the upright soul. Best of the best. <laughs> hey. Whoso walketh uprightly. Charlie, don't take your work in the vineyard to equal your upright living. Oh, because you can be masturbating right behind the keyboard. Hey. Am I preaching? One time I was here, I was counseling a lady. I thought that I won't counsel the lady in my office. I would do it in the auditorium. I was sitting here, right here, with the lady. She said to me, Pastor, wait, 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 I'm coming. I said, Sit there, where are you going? She bolted to the washroom. Then she came back. When she was coming back, the Holy Ghost told me that she was having pressure to masturbate. So she went to masturbate. So when she got here, I said, hey, you went to masturbate. I said, Pastor, I'm into me. <laughs> I like these people. Hey! Challenge the church washroom. Anywhere can do. So I'm into me. Want to me say? Say, have mercy, Lord. <laughs> I can't hear you. Say, have mercy, Lord. Yeah, some people be, behave holier than thou. Say, have mercy, Lord. <clears throat> you see that there is a direct connection between upright living and the saving power of God. God saves his people. And more importantly, God saves people who live a life pleasing unto him. Praise the Lord. 
Is it a good message this morning? Are you sure it's a good message? Too powerful. I'll give you some scriptures for free. And then we'll close. Psalm 145 verse 19. Psalm 145 verse 19. Very quickly, please. In Psalm 145 verse 19, he says, He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Those who fear him, he will fulfill their desires. And he will hear the cry and he will save them. So fear of God it has a direct connection with God's saving power. Direct. In fact, the Bible has said that God says that in, in the very critical moment, I will separate between those who fear me and those who don't fear me. So please, working with God eh, is uh, something that you should be very deliberate about, especially with your relationship with God. Because that time will come where you, you, God has to separate between you and the unbeliever. And when you have desires, one of the ways your desire will come to pass or your desires will come to pass is when God is comfortable with the way you live your life. And you yourself have to do a lot to ensure that you are following after the precept of God. Too powerful. Let's come to the New Testament. First <clears throat> Peter 4, 17 and 18. First Peter 4, 17 and 18. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? I mean, <laughs> I'm just showing you that because of the fear of God, God is just showing us where he's going to start the action from. <clears throat> and if judgment is going to begin from the house of the Lord, then God reckons that not everyone in church is in a good condition. 2022, and one of your priorities is that I want to be aligned with the will of God. Sister, you got it? Too powerful. Verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Charlie, edu baby, ana onhutu nyinu krana edi amano. Scarcely. So you that you do anyhow, anyhow, sister, anyhow, brother, anyhow. In fact, your real nickname is Mess Around. Joe Mess Around. If even the righteous, sometimes salvation is scarce for them, what will happen? To the people who are over the line. God will help us. Say amen. God will help us. I think this morning I'm very gracious in my preaching. Am I gracious? Oh, I said you go to hell. You go to hell. God is going to save us. Say amen. Now look at somebody say, there is hope for us. <clears throat> yeah. You and I, we can walk in our brightness. Two scriptures. Jeremiah 4.14. Let's exhaust the matter. Oh, Jerusalem, wash thine heart. 
from wickedness. I'm showing you what it means to be upright in heart. Wash your heart from what? Wickedness. That thou mayest be saved. How long shall thine vain thoughts lodge within thee? So because there are vain thoughts, bad thoughts, bad ideas, every day we need to wash our hearts from wickedness. Or your thoughts will become propeller to your destruction. Things go through our mind though. Things go through our hearts. Yes, but every day we have to wash our thoughts. How do we do that? By the washing of the word. That's why you must be connected to a word that makes you sane. Because either the word is making you sane or the world is making you insane. You have to choose where to align. You align with the word, you become sane. You align with the world, you become insane. So every day you are washing your heart. Every day. God, touch me. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel 18, 27. Ezekiel 18, 27. I, I see your life great part this year. Ezekiel 18, 27. Beautiful scripture. Powerful. Again. When the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness. That he has committed. And doeth that which is lawful and right. He shall save his soul alive. So yes. You are in something. It's not right. You come. The word of God reveals it to you. The plan of God is not for you to stay in guilt. The plan of God is for you to turn away. From your wicked acts. Praise the Lord. And he says when that happens. You become a friend of God and you shall be saved. It's that simple. Sometimes the real thing is to turn away. Because reception for your phone. Sometimes you just have to move to a better location. Just turn away. There's one song we wrote. Burn away every passion. Charlie, wild passions. <clears throat> sing, sing it, Mbo. If you can't hear me, I'm not going to Burn away every passion within me and let my soul wait on you. Burn away every passion within me and let my soul wait on you. Jesus, burn away every passion within me. And let my soul wait on you. Burn away every passion within me. 
and let my soul wait on your Jesus burn away every passion within me and let my soul wait on your burn away burn Every passion within me And let my soul wait on your burn away Burn away every passion And let my soul within me Let my soul wait on your burn Burn away, burn away. Oh Lord, every passion we shall we be on our feet. Time, come on, burn away. Oh Lord, every passion within me, within me, let my soul wait on you. I want you to lift up your hands right now. I want you to pray to God, Father. This year, I look to you, I pray for your saving hand to rest upon my life. Let your mighty hand rest upon me like never before in the mighty... Can you lift your hands and begin to pray? Father, I commit my ear into your hands. You are, you are mighty to save. Lift your voice and pray. Father, you are mighty to save. I pray that you save. Save my soul. Save my life. May I encounter you like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for the grace to walk uprightly before the Lord. Come on now. Pray, God, this year I dedicate my life unto you. I pray for the grace to walk uprightly. Whatever does not please you. Give me the power to walk away from it. In the Come on, pray. Pray from your heart. Father, I pray I set my heart before you. In the name of Jesus, I want to honor you with my life. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Maraduza. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You have been listening to the Testimony Word Broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the Social Welfare Road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay.
Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rumor at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.